Thank you for coming to Saturday Night Church at the Neighborhood. Uh, if you're new with us, again, if you're a guest here, we're really excited to have you. If you've been here before, eh, a little less excited to have you, but no, I'm just joking. Of course, we're excited to have you. Uh, story time before we get started. Story time goes like this. So it's Wednesday, my dudes, and I'm sitting at home thinking everything's good, uh, but it's not good because I'm homesick. Uh, and this continues for the rest of the week until now. So uh, I'm quite sick. Um, but you know what? If you guys can handle just watching someone who's obviously um, dying preach a message for 20 minutes, then I think you know, you'll have shown some character of your own and uh, in a really special way that you could walk away saying, I did something tonight uh, of kingdom importance. Uh, so we're going to do that. I got some Halsey boys here, so if I need to, I'll pop them in my old mouth hole, and we'll see if that helps out. Uh, this is not Gatorade. It's water now, because I drank the Gatorade, and I'm part Scottish, so it's a water bottle now until it falls apart. So uh, <clears throat> just, as I, just as I was saying, I'm sick, so we're going to start off tonight, and we're just going to pray. We're just going to pray over this message, because I believe that there's something powerful and important in this message that we have tonight about who God is. And I don't want it to be lost because of my own physical inabilities. I don't want it to be lost because of anything else in this room. So let's just pray before we start. God, I'm just so thankful that we get to come together. We get to worship you. We get to meet with you, God, our living God, our living hope. God who goes with us, the God who's here with us now. God, I'm just so thankful for this opportunity. Would you use these words? And God, would you speak through everything, anything that people are bringing this week? God, if there's a, a situation in life that's holding somebody back, God, would you just break through today and would you just speak your word and life into people's hearts tonight in your name? Amen. Amen. All right, so tonight we are continuing talking about a series, <coughs> sorry, a series, that's going to happen about 64 more times, so get prepared for that, uh, a series called God Is, and we're working through this God Is series. Alyssa gave a phenomenal message last Saturday. Uh, if you didn't hear it, go listen to it right now. I won't be offended. You probably have AirPods or something, right? This is 2020. Just listen while I speak. Uh, it'll be very beneficial for you, um, but make sure you listen to that, and Get used to awkward pauses like that because they're going to be frequent. Um, but we're going to continue talking about God is tonight. Uh, and as we continue, we're talking about three different names that God has. And those three names we're going to be talking about are, in old school terms, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Ra, and Jehovah Rapha. Not Jehovah Ra like Ra versus SmackDown. It's a different one. Uh, and we're going to talk about those three and what they mean. And my goal tonight is to take a brief, a very brief look at each of these uh, in hopes of understanding who God is tonight in a fresh way. So you might know some of these things before you came here, but I want it to be fresh to us tonight. And so uh, as we go through this, I just pray that it would, it would kind of make a little bit of a new mosaic of a fresh way that you can see God tonight. And so we're just going to kick it right off. Are you ready for this? All right, guys, cool. 
I'm like, okay, all right. Uh, first one, God is peace. Old school terminology down there, Jehovah Shalom. What a singularly important sentence for us to hear. God is peace. And we get this name for God from a specific passage of Scripture in the Bible. It's going to go up on the screen magically. Boom. <laughs> Called it. Judges 6, verse 24, it says, Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is Peace. To this day, it still stands at Oprah, which belongs to the Abizrites. And this tells us two things. First of all, Oprah is a heck of a lot older than she looks. And second of all, God is peace. God is peace, and that's such a super interesting thing to, to hear it phrased that way. It's interesting to me that it's not, it's not phrased, God is a supplier of peace or, or a merchant of peace, but rather much direct, more directly, it says God is peace. The passage uh, sparked to the, this passage sparked the name Jehovah Shalom, which literally means God of peace, which is still used today as a name for God. And this God is statement is such a huge one to unpack. Again, like I feel like we could spend a whole sermon just talking about this. But, but we hear even more about it, not just in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament. We hear about God and peace throughout Scripture. And most notable, or one notable passage is Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7. And boom, it's up on the screen again. Uh, so you can read along. In the ESV, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. The peace of God surpasses all understanding. And how thankful am I that the peace of God can outclock my ability to try and overthink everything? Does anybody else relate to that tonight? Hey, can we put up the house lights a bit? Are they at 50 right now? I'm being picky. Yeah, I know. And if you also just want to adjust the temperature a bit, I could be more comfortable that way too. Oh, sorry. <coughs> I just want to see Gator's face right there. He got a haircut today. Way to go, Vicente. It looks good, man. God of peace. This idea that, that God is peace and that his peace actually transcends or surpasses all understanding is so humongous. It's so gigantic. But in order for us to fully uh, understand or, or even just begin to understand exactly what this means, uh, I think we need to reiterate or re revisit our definition of peace. I think it's important for us to know here tonight that peace is not an emotional state. It's not a feeling in response to resolution of problems in our lives, and it's not a feeling of calmness and normality. But peace, in my understanding, what I can gather from Scripture, is actually more often represented in spite of our feelings and our emotional state. It can be present in the most trying of circumstances and outcomes of life. And it is because of peace. And it is because this peace comes simply from one place, trusting God. And we need to understand that peace is not the absence of struggle or pain or loss, but rather it is the abiding presence of a loving God through all times, even through struggle, pain, 
and loss. And so when we say that God is peace, let that be our understanding of what peace is. God and his presence is peace. I don't want us to think as if God is a band-aid for life's problems or an instant fix for, for things that we're going through. No, God is something so much bigger and greater than that. God is the peace that we need to get through the hard times in life and the peace that allows us joyful rejoicing in the wonderful times of life. And Alyssa actually said it to me this way just earlier today. She said, peace is less of an emotional state and more of a confidence that God is going to take care of you and that he is working in ways that we can't see. I thought that was really profound, and also she's a better preacher than me, so I thought if I quoted her, you'd pay a little more attention. So there's that. Uh, But she's got a really good point that it's not necessarily about having a state of euphoria constantly or maintaining an emotion full-time, but God's peace is actually trusting that God is working and moving. And this, the, the, the idea that God is peace can eliminate fear and drive away anxious thoughts. It, it allevi- alleviates pains of uncertainty. And God gives us different ways that we can have his peace through different times. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. Man, is it dry in this room? Yeah? Hey, Yasmin, can we get a humidifier? I closed this bottle. (laughs) I should pull with Pastor John. Anybody remember that? Anybody? No? It needs to be broken. Okay. Um, There's a couple different ways that we can have the peace of God in our lives. The first way is that we have his spirit. God, by his spirit, grants us deep, abiding peace. As we read about in Philippians, this peace is given to us following Christ, and it's constantly available to us at any time. God's peace, which outpaces our ability to worry or be anxious, and provides a supernatural presence of peace. God's Spirit doesn't just magically transport us to a different reality where we can be far away from all of our worries, pains, or fears, but God's Spirit does give us peace that we need to make it through whatever we're facing. And that's the first way that we access God's peace is through His Spirit. The second way that we can access peace, and these are just two of many ways that God could reach you with peace, but I'm just talking about two tonight, so don't think this is exhaustive. The second way is we have His body. And God has given us his body. Now, what or who is the body? Can anybody tell me? What's that? Us. Yes. Good answer. Us, as God's body, we are the physical hands and feet of God, going where he directs us and doing what he would have us to do. In fact, the Bible tells us that even as the Spirit is at work in the world, we bring that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead with us wherever we go. So we're not just operating in partiality of God's, of God's abilities or his presence or his spirit. We are actually bringing his spirit with us wherever we go. And we, the body, are actually capable of being the presence of God and God's peace in each other's lives. Inside this building and out of it, actually. I don't know about you, but I think that's pretty exciting to think that you could be an agent of God's peace in somebody's life. That's a pretty radical thing to think about. But the first place that we have the Spirit, the first place that we have God's peace is with the Spirit, 
and crazily enough, is actually with each other. From each other, we can actually give somebody the peace of God by being there for them. And as we're the hands and feet of Jesus or the ambassadors of Christ to each other, loving and caring for each other, we are supposed to do something and let it be, uh, and, and be living as a peaceful presence of God. And so what that means is that if somebody is struggling with anxiety or uh, if somebody's going through a hard time in life or somebody comes with you with a problem, you have the opportunity to actually present the peace of God by being a peaceful presence with them to help them navigate through that time of struggle, to help them figure out their bearings and to help them find a place of the presence of God just by being with them. Isn't that exciting to anybody else tonight? Paul and Don, always on my side. Let's go. We're going, guys, all the way, all right? Uh, I'm, so out of these two ways, it's really crazy that we can have God's peace accessible to us. And so in understanding peace, we have to realize as well that God's peace, like I said earlier, comes down to our trust in God. So we, in order to experience it through his spirit and in order to experience it through each other, there needs to be an underlying uh, trust in God. And just to be clear, I'm not, I'm not saying that God's peace is something that makes your life better or, or makes your struggles go away in life. In case that wasn't clear, uh, we always have to be clear when we talk about God's peace. We don't want ma- to make people think that there's a magic fix to life's problems. But in saying that and in talking about trusting God to find his peace, the, insur- the assurance that God is going to care for you, that he is working is what helps us to trust God, the assurance that we can actually know who God is. And in that, we go to our second God is statement of the night, which helps us to see another part of him and why we can trust him so that we can have his peace. The second God is statement is God is the shepherd, Jehovah Ra. And we get this name from a psalm that some of you may know. It's a very famous psalm. And the Psalms, by the way, is a book uh, in the Bible. So there's your Bible lesson for the night. You can go home now. The, this book of Psalms is a compilation of poetry and songs and liturgy and hymns, and they got it all in there. Uh, and the book of Psalms has so many beautiful poetic, um, well, I guess, psalms. Um, but Psalm 23 is a very, very famous one. We're going to read it together right now. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely the goodness and mercy, wait, sorry. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Beautiful poetry expressing the depth and warmth of God's love. And this passage, this psalm of reassurance, blessing, and a promise of hope 
is is an anthem that many people before of, uh, before us have used as as an anthem for life, and many people still today use as an anthem for life. It's a psalm that gives peace. It's a psalm that that really just shows the character of God, but it also gives us a new name for God, the Shepherd. And the psalm that introduces the name Jehovah Ra is in, intrinsically tied in that way with Jehovah Shalom. Uh, by nature, because the shepherd is the one who is shown as bringing the peace. God is peace, and the shepherd is the way that we have the peace delivered. And we hear a lot more about God in relation to shepherding throughout scriptures. It's not just this one scripture. Uh, and specifically, one time in a parable where, John, uh, sorry, a parable in the Gospel of John, in chapter 10, when Jesus identifies himself as the shepherd. Uh, And I have the two references out of that chapter here on the screen in verses 11 and 14 when it says, uh, Jesus is talking. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And then later again, he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Now, the entirety of the chapter 10... I'm sorry, guys. I'm just struggling a little bit with my word flow here because of the, the amount of cough medicine I've been taking. So that's not true. Don't tell people that. Ah, it's too late. I already said it. Um, but John 10, the entirety of this chapter, is all about how Jesus is the good shepherd versus the thief who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And God is showing that he is the one that will care for us and will lead us out and will actually care for us like a shepherd cares for the sheep. God cares for us. And in this, we see an image of, of God is the shepherd. And it tells us that he is trustworthy because we can know his voice and we can, we can follow him and we can know that as the shepherd, God cares for us. As the shepherd, God protects us. And as the shepherd, God knows us, and we know him. This relationship depicted of God being the shepherd is the assurance that we need in order to trust him. God the shepherd shows you, or sorry, God the shepherd knows you and cares for you. God is peace, and he is also the shepherd. God is peace, and he also cares for you. And I know that in my life, this has had a huge impact just knowing that God is the shepherd. And God has cared for me in so many ways. He, he's provided for me and Alyssa both. He's provided for us financially in times when we needed it most. Uh, he's given us the right people in our lives at the right time. Uh, he's given us words to say when we had none. He's, he's given healing to both Alyssa and I from sickness and, and from pains in the past. And he has given us peace through various victories and struggles in life. And he guides and directs, carrying along the whole way. And what more can we ask for out of our shepherd than to provide that care for us? Because God, as the shepherd, we need to understand tonight, never stops caring. God, the shepherd, is not a fair-weather shepherd where uh, he's there when things are good and dips out when things get hard. He's there with us through Rain and sun, he's there with us walking through the valley and up along the hillside, through the highs and lows of life. God, the shepherd, is there caring. And this picture that we get, this name that we have for God, is so important for us to understand because this understanding changes everything. 
because many of us have been in difficult times in our lives or will go into difficult times in our lives and knowing that God is the shepherd is sometimes the anchor that can get you through, knowing that God cares. Maybe you're here tonight, for example, and you might be feeling, uh, I'm too far from God for him to care about me. Or maybe you're, you're feeling, I've messed up too badly or too much for God to shepherd me or to care for me. But tonight, God would show you that he is the good shepherd who cares for you, who cares for all of us, In Matthew 18, how many of you know what Matthew 18 is? It's a chapter in the Bible. (laughs) Uh, Matthew 18, it talks about uh, what the good shepherd does in the way of leaving the 99 to find the one. And in verse 12, it's not on the screen, but I'll just read it to you. In verse 12 to to 14 of uh, Matthew 18, it says this. Jesus is teaching his disciples. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine on the mountains to go in search for the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than the ninety-nine that never went astray. So it is not the will of my Father who is in heaven that any one of these little ones should perish. About this, uh, this chapter in the Bible, uh, epic band named Audio Adrenaline wrote a very good song called Leaving 99. Do we have any Audio A fans? <laughs> Two, three, four. All right, guys, we're going to go listen in my car later. I got the CDs. Okay. Uh, Audio Adrenaline wrote a song about this called Leaving 99. These are the lyrics of part of the song. You're never too far down. I promise you'll be found. I'll reach into the mud, the miry clay. Pursue you to the end like a faithful friend. Nothing in this world could keep me away. I'd leave the 99, leave them all behind to find you for you alone. There is nothing, nothing that can stop God from caring for you, from shepherding you. There is nothing that you have done. There's nothing that anybody else has done to you that has pushed you far enough away that he will not leave the 99 to come and to find you. The shepherd is always going to come after you, and he will always care for you. And so we see through these two God is statements so far that God is peace, and God is the shepherd. And the final God is that we're going to talk about tonight is God is healer, Jehovah Rapha. How would you pronounce that? Rapha? Rapha? Anybody got some hot insight on that? Professor Dean Height? Rapha. All right. We're going to go with that. Jehovah Rapha, God the healer. We get this from Exodus as a declaration of who God is in a pivotal time in Israel's history. In Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, it says this. Um, so I guess a little bit, because it starts by saying saying, which can be a little bit uh, confusing. Uh, this is after a whole bunch of stuff has gone on, and they're talking about... Uh, they're making a they're making a a declaration here if you diligently listen to the voice of the lord your god and do that which is right in his eyes and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes i will put none of the diseases on you that i put on the egyptians for i am the lord your healer so that is the origin story of this name jehovah rapha 
God is healer. And not only is God referenced as healer in the Old Testament, but there are literally so many references in the Bible about healing uh, that I can't possibly cite enough tonight here in this sermon. Uh, In fact, according to the NIV Exhaustive Concordance, which so far as concordances go, it's one of them, uh, it, the Bible actually references heal or a derivation of it 151 times. And so not all of those references would be specifically about God actively healing, but healing is definitely covered in the body of Scripture. And healing is talked about throughout from the very beginning of Scripture all the way up until the very last, the very last book. And it's in there. In fact, in James, one passage that we will pull out, James chapter 5, verses 13 to 16. I'm not too sure. I don't think I have it up there. James chapter 5, verses 13 to 16 says this. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing a praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if, he has, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. God has made it very clear throughout Scripture, and particularly in this passage we just read, that he is healer. God is the healer from Old Testament to New Testament through all of time that we can see God is healer. Whether it was back in Exodus or whether it was Jesus walking around straight up healing people right in the middle of the street during his ministry, God is healer. And as we consider God is peace and God is shepherd, I think it only makes sense that we land on God is healer tonight. And This is part of God's active role in caring for us as the shepherd. It's part of his peace that he brings with us is that he is healer. And so tonight, uh, I just think that we need to talk about, um, we're going to actually have the worship band come up right away here. Um, We're going to have an opportunity for response here in a minute, but as we talk about all of these attributes together, now I don't know exactly how, healing specifically works. It's sort of like peace, and it's sort of like the care of God, these attributes, these, these names of God. Uh, I don't know exactly how they work, but we see them, and we can trust in them, and we can call on them because they are the name of God. And it's such a mystery um, how God heals, somewhat like how God brings peace. Um, but in his name, still, we see that he is called healer, And all we have to do is to ask for the healing. So I don't know exactly how healing works, but I know that God said he will heal us and that I have been healed and seen people healed through prayer. And I know that God's word is true and that if he can save my soul, then he can heal me. And I know that it says right here in James that we are to pray for those who are sick. And this isn't just talking physical only. God is able to bring about healing in our lives from the deep pains that are holding you back in your past. He's able to bring healing in your life from addiction and bondage. He's able to bring healing in your life from the things that are holding you back from him because God is a deliverer 
and part of God's plan for peace in your life and part of his plan to care for you as the shepherd is to bring healing in your life. And so we're going to, in a few minutes, have a time of response here. And I just want us to, again, take these names of God. God is peace. God is the shepherd. And God is healer. And I just want us to take some time to respond to it because I think that um, tonight there is a time and space and we can make time and space to just meet with God and to try and see afresh his character, who he is to us, and to interact with that. And I just wouldn't want us to miss that opportunity. And so tonight, whether it's sitting in your chair as we go through a couple more worship songs, you can sit there, you can think, you can pray. But would you just look at these names up here Would you find what matters to you? What is up there that you need to re-identify God with, that you need to realize that God is peace or that God is your shepherd, that he's looking after you or, or that God is your healer and he actually wants to make you whole. His plan for you is wholeness. And would, would you just look at it and just find in your heart what it is that you need to re-identify with God with and just take the time tonight to do that. And so we're going to do that, and it's not about, you know, playing some worship songs so that people can get hyped out of their minds and stuff, but it's just space. It's just time. It's just reflection. And if you want to, you can come to the front, and you can pray at the front, or we'll pray for you at the front, or you can stay in your chair. It doesn't matter where you are because God is peace, he is shepherd, and he is healer no matter where you are physically. And so we're going to take that time right now, and I'm just going to close in prayer. And that'll be that. Would you pray with me? God, I just pray that um, through the study of these names and through talking about it tonight, that it wouldn't just be some lofty conversation about, oh, it's cool to think of God this way, or we can call God that, or the Bible says this, but that it'd be a real application to our hearts and to our lives tonight, God. I just pray that those that are hurting tonight, those that need peace tonight, those that need care tonight, God, those that need healing tonight, Lord, that we would just be bold enough to call on your name and to call on you to come and to, to meet us in these ways tonight, God. And so as we go into a time of worship, we just ask that you'd be with us, Lord, and just touch our hearts. Amen. So you can sit, stand, kneel, jump, Just do whatever is going to help you be in a posture of response here, and we'll dismiss the service in just a few minutes.